Anything that you do that is not helping a person in need is a fucking waste of time. This is not high art here. It's not high art. Oh, it still makes my butthole pucker. Why have you never told me to go through the whole series kind of consecutively? <laughs> I gotta fill time. I'm the glue that holds this ship together. Oh, damn it. I'm playing with the Hellraiser box. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no kidding. Wow. So All then, right. So, yeah. yeah. So then after, I mean, after, uh, uh, after you were done fil filming part two, uh, did you ever think that there would be a Bill and Ted three? I mean, uh, there was such a big gap between two and three. Did you ever think that you would get around to three? Uh, that's what I thought. Cool. Oh, all right. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, is, I mean, you can be completely honest on this show. And if, I mean, if you want, you, you can just tell us, I'll edit it out. But everybody knows that Keanu is like the greatest guy in Hollywood. He's super nice and everything. But be honest, the dude's really a dick, right? I mean, he showed up our show like he didn't, he bailed on us. I mean, really? Ah, uh, that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> now, quick follow-up question. So, was that perm the real deal in Lost Boys? Or, like, was that your real hair? Or did you get the perm? You know how what many, I mean? How like, many hours in the chair for that one, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Because you looked great. I mean, you kind of stood out as, like, y'all looked like a hairband, but you kind of were rocking the, kind of the Kenny G blonde, Kenny I guess. Kenny G? Yeah, maybe. I. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that's great yep <laughs> hey well uh thanks for uh taking some time with us today i really appreciate it and uh tell keanu that he needs to come on sometime if he can fit us in his busy schedule <laughs> I know, yeah, he is such a nice guy that it's probably hard for him to say no, I get it, I know, but but thanks for putting in a good word. <laughs> yeah. Alright, see ya. Yep, see Thanks, ya. man. Bye. There you cool have guy. it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Alex Winter. Cool guy. How good was that? It was great. Man, he's great. he didn't hold back when it came to <laughs> inside oh. Hollywood stuff. Yeah. It was awesome. My man. Yeah. I really appreciate that. We've been kind of on a roll. Well, we had some stumbles, but at least we've got this one oh, here. Well, in. Alex, is at he at least comes through for us. Follows yeah. up. Man of his word. Good man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay, there you have it. <laughs> Alex Winter, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want to... I guess it's time to get into the regular part of the show, uh, which is starting off with the bitch session. And I'm up first. Oh, Judas. Oh, getting ready for vacation. Uh, I'm hoping to have this episode up this weekend, but that means I'm going to have to load up all my programs and stuff on some laptop, probably my wife's laptop or something around here. But I think I can get it up this weekend. But, oh, just 
you know the drill, prepping for vacation. And even, like, we're not even taking the kids, so it's just me and her. It's like, oh, my God. We need to take this. We need to take that. We need to take this. Should we take our bikes so we can go on bike trails and bike trips and stuff? It's like, yeah, that's fine. We got to take all this shit. And by the time it's done, for two people, we'll have an SUV fully loaded to the brim. Yeah. Where are you going? Or you may may not be able to say, but... Well, let's see. By the time this episode comes out, I'll still... Well, I'll still be there, but... <laughs> so you're leaving when? Uh, tomorrow. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll write it down here for you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. We just find random spots to go that are within a relatively under 10 hour drive and, and then we just find a Airbnb and then we just go explore. We find places to eat and trails to go walk and things to go see. And up there there's like, yeah, well, I can say at least we're heading North ish. Yeah. Uh, there's dunes and, um, all kinds of lakes and we're actually, she booked the Airbnb and then I went, uh, uh, as I do, I go on Google maps the satellite view and see what what's around there and what does it look like and I found the address and then I started zooming out and I was like huh we're staying on a golf course and then I zoomed out even further and I'm like we're surrounded by like six golf courses <laughs> so are you going golfing I don't know if I will or not because my wife doesn't golf and I I'm terrible and so I'm like eh, do I want to go out there by myself and be like wailing balls all over the golf course or I don't know. I might throw them in there, but I, I'm I'm not freaking out about it. I'm more just I just want a week of quiet and me and the wife and watching movies and and m- maybe catching up on some of my DVD stack and you know just oh uh, reviews. I've been working on. I don't know. Did I talk to you about this with Letterboxd? I'm I'm uh-huh. like two years behind on my reviews on Letterboxd. Uh, I had to start a new notebook over here, uh, uh, which is really annoying. Uh, but so, so I've been like, uh, every time that I fill out a page of my new notebook, I go back the two years and fill out at least one page of the old, cause I can't just start over. Like the OCD in me is, I, I've, I've got to get this caught up. I want it complete from when I started Letterboxd. I can't have a two year gap in there. Yeah. So I am working on catching all of that up. And so I have to go back and backdate these reviews, but, uh, it, which is a little bit annoying, but, um, I'm getting it caught up and then eventually I'll get to the point where I'm just... Whatever I've watched today, I can just put on Letterboxd the way that you put in your file. That's why I tell you you should go on Letterboxd and, and start doing it on there, because it's it's so easy to track. But then, you know, of course, it's going to crash or film get AF sold. gone. Yeah. I don't know, though. It's it's as popular as IMDb, so I think it might stick around. Uh, but it is what it is. No, so you're going to be gone for a full week? Yeah, more or less. So next week is a... Yeah, I... I yeah, there Our probably dear. won't be an episode next week. Unless it's, well, see, we're, we're doing middle of the week to middle of the week instead of a normal, like, Monday yeah. to Saturday or something. And we're doing that on purpose so that we have the whole weekend uh, of not work days. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there might be a possibility that later in the week we could record and then, but then as soon as we get back, baseball! Mm-hmm. Baseball! That's, which segues into my bitch sesh. Well, I was happy with baseball this week because Monday uh, we had two two games that were thirty minutes away and both canceled due to rain. Woohoo! And then nothing today. Woohoo! 
tomorrow, and I'm gone. I'm gone tomorrow, and it's not my problem. (laughs) Not here. Last night, couldn't go to karate, because had to go to baseball. Right over, and it's right over our supper, so we're eating crazy early. Crazy early. Yep, four o'clock. Yeah, get there, and as soon as the game starts, it just starts dumping rain, and the the coach won't call the game, because this was a rescheduled game already. So was ours. Both our Monday games were rescheduled games, and they called them at noon. Why did they not call them for the kids earlier? I don't get that. Like, there was one day we were out there practicing in the freezing rain that I got sick, and it's like, Major League Baseball does not play in the rain. But seven- and nine-year-olds? Get out there, boy. Get out there, yeah. Pull up your bootstraps and your... Anyway, oh, sorry. Oh, I was furious last night, and pants were just soaked. Soaked. Lucas was holding the umbrella, and he was holding it in such a way that the rain would just roll right off the umbrella, <laughs> right onto me, onto my lap. So uh-huh. I just, I mean, it just looked like I just, just pissed myself solid. Oh, oh I hate it. I hate it. Hate it. Oh, yeah, I mean, you got your door open. As I assume everybody's gone. Yeah, everybody's gone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same here. Just the dogs. Mean yep. the dogs. And this last weekend, the boys were at, we were at Cub Scouts all weekend, which was nice that wife and I had a weekend to ourselves, but I'm like, I'm counting the hours down because once they get back, they're going to be on no sleep, no showers, and in rotten shit moods. Bingo. Awful, awful moods. They're just pissed. And no sleep and jacked up on sugar. Oh, had Mountain Dew for the first time. Like, who gave you Mountain Dew? And we don't drink that shit. Yeah. Mm. Oh, had it there. Whatever. Yep. Oh, my, my kids, uh, it was funny. We both had, well, you had a kid-free weekend. I had a kid-free night. My, my kids went to the, went to my mom's overnight. And same, same story. Anytime they go to grandparents overnight, it's like, here we go. Just the first it, thing they do, the second they get there, it's like, who wants a cinnamon roll? Yeah. Huge. Yeah, Amish-sized. Yeah. Yeah, here's so, a can of Mountain Dew. I'm like, you've never had Mountain Dew, and then, uh. Yeah. And then we go to pick them up the next day, and they are just running wild and yeah. screaming at the top of their lungs. And then, and then of the, course, anytime I say... Hey, stop screaming. It's fine. Oh, let them be kids. Let them be kids. Oh, like that that that's that makes me so angry. Me too. When grandparents do that. Me too. And it's like you would have backhanded me down a oh, set of stairs if I'd I had ever got done my that. My ass whipped yeah. for that stuff. But but let them be kids. Why are you like that? Mhm. Why am I like that? Exhibit A, you. This is why I'm like this. You trained me to be like this. Well, I wasn't, I, I shouldn't have done that. Like, great. Um, had 17 years of it, so sorry. That's yeah. the way I am. And you know what? That's the way it should be. Kids should not run around making those awful, awful noises. And it's, people probably think we're exaggerating. No, we're not. No, literally, we're not. my kids will just stand in the middle of a room and just, ah! for nothing. For nothing. And I never did, I, I, Trust me, I never did that. And if I did, I got my ass whipped. Yeah, it would have been one time if I ever did that. But I don't remember ever doing anything like that. 
You know, and I told that to my wife, and then she's like, "And look how you turned out." I'm like, "Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, yeah." Uh, so yeah. we're just gonna let them be adults that go run around screaming. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah, there's no consequences <laughs> to anything you do. No consequences. Yep. Oh, and I told I was we were going back and forth. I'm like, like they used to be in karate, and we could go together, like the boys and I, same class. Said, which I think is kind of cool, father son type thing. And then Lucas started grumbling about it. And so, well, let's try Cub Scouts. And now it's Cub Scouts and baseball and karate. It's, it, they're not in karate anymore. So it's like, it's three different evening things going on. And of course, I'm, I'm low man on totem pole, like to me. So <laughs> if it's games cancel, oh, it's like, or we could just be in one thing, karate, and we would all go at the same night and be done in 45 minutes, and they would be learning tons of awesome, awesome shit. Yeah. But instead, it's Mountain Dew and staying up till God knows how late. And, oh, it's fine. Oh, we're Whatever. in one thing, and I, I already raise hell about that. One thing at well, a time. And already, well, hey, now what's Lucas going to do? Like, Hudson's in baseball. What's Lucas going to do this summer? So you only have one kid in baseball. Yeah, only oh. Hudson. Yeah, oh, only Hudson. Yeah, only Hudson and uh, Lucas. He, I mean, there's been talk of finding some sort of an art program for the summer. I'm like, and it'll be like right around the same time as baseball or Cub Scouts or something to where it's just running them all over camp. Yep, I know. It, it, yeah, but hey, that's how our childhood was, right? No, it was not ever. It was not yeah. that at all, at all. Yeah, I had <laughs> I did soccer, and soccer was in the town that I grew up in. Three minutes it takes to get to that field. Three minutes. Yeah, yeah. My kids are in stuff. Got to drive them forty minutes away to other things when we could walk across the street. Yep. But uh, we can't have that field. Why not? There's nobody there. And yeah, then the yeah. then the other kids got to drive far. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and last night we get there, and oh, he forgot his baseball hat. I'm like, we 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 burn through gas, and obviously you guys do too. We burn through gasoline, burn through it. It's it's just back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. Red lights. Oh, I, I, oh and I love how you you tell him, "Are you ready to go? Are you ready? Yep. You checked your baseball bag. You have one, two, three, four, all four of your items. Yep. Get in the car. No water bottle." Baseball bad, I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and every time, was, every time. Last where's night we your got mask? There late. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. We got there late last night, and we're like, "Where's your baseball hat?" I don't know. You have to have your baseball hat as the rain starts to come down, and he's standing, <laughs> he's standing out there in the outfield, just dumping down. Oh, it's my living hell. It's the only <laughs> thing worse than that would be to, uh, having a cat. Shove down my pants. It makes me happy. I'm I'm glad that you're with me. No, because I finally this is our support group for yeah baseball and I think, parents. I think about that too. I'm like, oh, now I know. Now you find, I know what you've you been bitching it. about. Yeah, yep, yep. awful. <laughs> and oh, I guess there are parents that like this, right? I guess I know that there are at least around here because they sit there and are even though you got to sign a paper that says you you cannot give coaching advice to your kid while you're there and you cannot coach to the coach and you cannot bitch at the umpire they stand there and yell all three get out there get on boy come on boy run run yeah. burr, 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 burr. They're and, seven and, years old yeah 
And well, and my wife is like, see, he needs to do better because there's kids out there his age and they can really whap the ball. I'm like, there's just as many kids out his age out there that strike out just as much as him. Yep. Oh, and by the way, coach can't pitch for shit because uh, the coach pitches and this last game, half the pitches bounced off the plate, but he, sw- he swings at everything because they tell him to swing. So do our, yep. So strike, strike, strike. And they throw him like six pitches and the six strikes or something. But then the next kid gets up and they, th- that's bigger than him. And they'll throw him 12 pitches that are good. Oh. And I'm just sitting over there fuming like you, oh, they only coach the ones that they think have potential. The, the yep. ones that they're like, oh, he doesn't, you know, the one, all the kids that, that are at home with their dads every night practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. Those are the ones that they coach up. But that's, that's me, bullshit. who is not spending three hours in the yard with the kid every night throwing the ball because I don't give a shit, and the kid doesn't give a shit. They, I mean, they play with, they play ball with the neighbors, kids. I have fun, but it it goes back to like when Addie was was doing a lot of sportsy stuff. Uh, I and the, the wife was pushing that stuff kind of hard. Like, well, and it was fine. She because uh, Addie was into it. But I said, honey, if she was really into it, into like volleyball or whatever she was doing, uh, she was doing volleyball and softball. If she was really into it, she'd be at home practicing by herself. Uh-huh. Like I'm, I'm into it. I'm throwing the ball up and hitting it and, and hitting the volleyball up in the air by herself just to practice. Cause that's what kids that are into sports do. They get, they take the soccer ball out there and they're constantly like, do, 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 trying to like get better and, you know, bouncing it off the, that's what I did when I was playing soccer. I was, I got yelled at because I was making too much noise kicking off the garage door, you know, like back to myself. And I was Uh practicing because I was having fun. I was into it. My kids, none of them have ever done that stuff by themselves. (laughs) You know why? Because they're not into it. They don't give a crap. They'd rather be sitting in here drawing with their, uh, uh, colored pencils and drawing pictures and stuff, or they'd rather be playing video games, which <laughs> what is his name? I can't even remember his name. That's how much I dislike him. Can go fuck himself. Video games is a viable industry. This in the day and age that we live in. Oh, Bill Maher. Bill Maher can kiss my ass. Maybe it's because I think watching people play video games is a fucking waste of time. All right, boomer. How many pictures do you want of you sitting at basketball games? You're watching somebody else play a sport. How is yeah. that a viable use of time? You dumbass. Why aren't you playing? That argument is so stupid. That is so old boomer bullshit. I will say watching mo- watching people play Minecraft is the seventh level of hell. But that's... <laughs> For me, but yeah. I can also go watch other people play video games to see if I'm interested to buy that video game. Also, oh, I don't have a hundred hours to sink into Dark Souls. It's an interesting video game. I like watching people play it. I put it on the background. It's interesting. I, it, that doesn't mean I have 150 hours to play the fucking thing. And the same could be applied for movies. I, anything. Anything yeah. that you do. Th- this is a statement that I came up with a while ago. Anything that you do that is not helping a person in need is a fucking waste of time. Us doing this podcast right now is a waste of time. You listening to this podcast right now is a fucking waste of time. Unless you happen to be working at a soup shelter. Yeah, and this is this Seriously. makes your life more joyful doing doing it. Right. Anything you do is a waste of time, unless it's helping somebody in need. 
So don't give me that bullsh- that boomer bullshit about watching people play video games. Who gives a fuck? Now, obviously, we hate Minecraft and watching people play Minecraft. That's because we hate Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the actual uh, element of it. It's just that yeah. game. But uh, put on someone playing the new God of War, and I'm all about it. I'm, <laughs> I, I totally watch it. Yeah. And uh, as somebody else said, it's more about the commentary that the, the video game people do on it than it is about necessarily the game. Because, mm. uh, like Rooster Teeth, I watch them play a ton of games. And it's more about the jokes that they're making while they're playing the game than it is the game. Uh, it's, I just... Uh, watching Bill Maher is a waste of time. I, why aren't you in politics? Instead, you just sit around and comment on politics. That whole yeah. argument is so tired. Whatever. And I'm glad that when we were talking to Alex, he brought that up and he agreed with I me. know! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bill Maher is just Democrat Tucker Carlson. Barely even Democrat. He's... I hate hate Tucker Carlson. I hate him. I hate him. He can... Hate him. He can and will rot in hell. And he looks like... He always has this... (gasps) Look on his face. Like... (gasps) You know, Bill Maher looks smug. He looks smug all the time. I'll take smug over that... I'm a mega... What? I hate him. I actually don't... I would rather look at Turtle Face more than Tucker Carlson. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't, both of them. They're both lizard people that can rot. I don't, I, don't yeah. want, I don't want anything to do with either one of them. Oh, man. Okay. Well, we should probably get moving here. Yeah. Um, is that Alex Winter interview ate up a that lot of our time? ate up tons of time, I know. Worth it, though. Worth it. Totally worth it. Good dude, that guy. Uh, yeah. go. Uh, I mean, I guess we should promote his latest project. Go, go get Bill and Ted Three. I've only watched like half of it, but because uh, I just ran out of time. But it was really good so far. Uh, yeah. And uh, Samara Weaving in there. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is, I need. Uh, to, I mean, should we should we get her on? Talk about uh, uh, ready or not? Uh, we should have said something to him. Like, can you put in a good word? To, you I'll know. shoot him. I'll text him later. Okay. All We're, right. Okay. There we go. We'll. we'll Try and get Samaro. Good luck. That would be a nice get right there. Yeah, she might be in between projects, though. Yeah. I'm just writing it down so I don't forget. Always like to have somebody on. Always like yep. to have a guest. Okay. That's kind of our new thing. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, didn't, Rocky know. start, but today, good to go. Good to go, man. That was awesome. Okay, are you ready to talk about uh, some movies on the roulette? Yep. I'm Eric. And I'm Eugene. And <laughs> Eugene Rear Window. We didn't get a window update. <laughs> huh? Uh, oh, outside your man window. <laughs> oh, no, I was, yeah, there was, there was shit going on a little bit ago. <laughs> Truck parked out front. Guy walking around it, looking at it like, why are you parked here? Still like, that. Still that's going oh, on. Oh, yeah, it's, oh, it's. It is a cold war out here. <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, I just feel, I feel like it's a, it's a ways away, but I'm like, I feel his glare. I just feel <laughs> the glare looking at that pickup truck like you son of a bitch. It's like the I know house, it's, the house is pulsating. Yeah. Uh, okay. And here's the roulette. It's time to spin the wheel of the movie roulette. We dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. Uh, and on this episode of The Roulette, it is Stowaway up against a blade in the dark, and I'm up first. Stowaway from 2021. 
A three-person crew on a mission to Mars faces an impossible choice when an unplanned passenger jeopardizes the lives of everyone on board. And I have uh, thoughts on this movie to the extent that I took notes. Or at least when it was over, I had to... I gotta quickly write down what I'm thinking right now, because I'm gonna forget it. This was a very interesting film. Uh, there, There is a lot to take away from this film. I'll just start right off by saying I'm going to give this movie a thumbs up. It's not an overwhelming thumbs up, but it's a definite thumbs up. I would probably put it at about a 7 out of 10, maybe, overall. This could have been a 9 out of 10, with a couple of other things that I would have liked to have seen, but I understand why they did the things that they did. So from here on out, now we're going spoiler. If you don't want spoilers on Stowaway, skip ahead. Okay. You've seen this already. I have, yes. Yeah. Okay. First off, this I had a lot of feelings when the credits popped up. Uh, this is a very tragic film. It, it could have gone... A uh, tragic story, I should say. It could have gone a lot of different ways. And there were several ways that they... That, that it could have gone that I would have been very angry. For example, if the stowaway guy had turned out to be like a psychopath and he was trying to sabotage the mission or, or some kind of nefarious thing like that, I would have hated that because that's just cliche and easy Hollywood throwaway writing. I would have hated that. So I was very happy that they kept it, kept his character the way he was introduced. That was very cool. That was very interesting. Uh, this movie could only have been made in our current climate. I don't feel like this movie would have got greenlit in the regular studio theater system that we had before COVID. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just because it's not a happy tale, and it it doesn't end in a happy place, and it, it's the kind of thing that they can send to streaming. We've often talked about in the COVID world now that we live in that where it feels like they've got a couple of people in one location and you can tell that that's what they're doing and they're just working around COVID regulations. This is probably very true of this movie, but I didn't feel it because the story I felt wrote around that kind of stuff and integrated a couple of people in one location in a very, it used it very well. So I didn't feel that as much as I have in, in other movies that we've talked about that. This is definitely an anomaly of cinema, which automatically kind of, I like that. That's great. Uh, this is a story like you haven't seen before. Now we get to the ending. I'm Okay, I'm curious what you uh, thought. And, and where it ends. Well, before that, hold on, right before that. The special effects in this thing are just out of this world. Is yes. it not crazy where we're at that, that you can get special effects like this on? This had to be a fairly meager budget, right? No, oh, you'd think. It was great. The, the effects were great. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. They looked so spot on. Amazing. Uh, another complaint before we get to the ending. When they're going out on, on that thing and they're tethered to it and then they just kind of unhook themselves and then they freehand it for a while, that's complete bullshit. Uh, yep. That was a big complaint. Didn't buy that for one second. No astronaut would ever just, oh, we'll just ride out this section not being tethered to the ship. No. No, 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 no. You'd be tethered. You would tie on to something for shit's sake. That was ridiculous. And then they kept doing it like over and over. I was, duh. That was dumb. 
did not like that she dropped the canister. That was just too expected. Like, come on. Why do you not have that tethered to you? You've got all kinds of ropes and hooks and things on you. Just click that sucker on. Nah, I'll just hold on to it while I free fall where there's no... None of that made sense. Okay, now we get to the ending. This is two-thirds a movie. I I wanted to see the last third? Like, what are we doing? Where are we going? I didn't feel like they were super clear on on their final outcome. Or, or what their final plan was. We have just enough air for this many people, blah, blah, blah. So then, because you don't have enough air for the return trip, so you're gonna just go live on the Mars colony? That would have been fine, but maybe somebody say that. Because there was a colony there. They they talked about that. There was oh, a Mars they, okay. colony. okay. Yeah, there was a Mars colony there, and they were going to research and whatnot, but there was an established Mars colony there. So, if I mean, that was the thing. You can't just turn a ship around in mid-trip and go back, you don't have enough fuel, I get that. But you obviously barely have enough air to even get there. What's the plan? You're going to stay there, right? I assume that was the plan. At the very end shot, I understand why they... I I understand why they ended it that way. Because this was a play on... uh, um, I can't remember his name. The Pale Blue Dot. You know the story of the Pale Blue Dot? No. Sagan. Carl Sagan. Uh, In the... Uh, I believe it was in the mid-70s. At a certain point, he got... uh, Look it up here so I get it right, because his wording was better than mine. He's an author and a scientist, I believe. Uh, He convinced NASA to turn Voyager around, which was a dangerous thing, but he wanted them to turn it around and point it at Earth and take a picture. It was a dangerous thing because you never know if it's going to turn back around. Right now, go and Google images, pale blue dot. Okay. And then he wrote a paper about this photograph. They were able to turn Voyager back around. That's how long Voyager's been out there. This, I, I swear this was like in the 70s. And let me see here. Oh, it was taken on 19, oh, 1990. Anyway, it took a picture of Earth. From wherever the shit it was. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Okay, fuck it. I'm going to read this. It's a couple paragraphs, but hang with me. Okay. Look at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know. Look at this dot while I'm reading this. Everyone you know, everyone you have ever heard of, every human being who ever was, lived out their lives. The aggregate of our joy and suffering, thousands of confident religions, ideologies, economic doctrines, every hunter and forager, every hero and coward, every creator and destroyer of civilization, every king and peasant, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there, on a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam. The Earth is a very small stage in a vast cosmic arena. Think of the endless cruelties visited on the inhabitants of one corner of this pixel, on a scarcely distinguishable inhabitants of some other corner. How frequently their misunderstandings, how eager they are to kill one another, how fervent their hatreds. Think of the rivers of blood spilled by all those generals and emperors so that in glory and triumph they could become the momentary masters of a fraction of a dot. Our posturings, our imagined self-importance, the delusion that we have some privileged position in the universe, 
are challenged by this point of pale light. Our planet is a lonely speck in the great and enveloping cosmic dark. In our obscurity and all this vastness, there is no hint that help will come from elsewhere to save us from ourselves. The Earth is the only world known so far to harbor life. There is nowhere else, at least in the near future, to which our species could migrate. Visit? Yes. Settle? Not yet. Like it or not, for the moment the Earth is where we make our stand. It has been said that astronomy is a humbling and character-building experience. There is perhaps no better demonstration of the folly of human conceits than that this distant image of our tiny world. To me, it underscores our responsibility to deal more kindly with one another and to preserve and cherish the pale blue dot, the only home we've ever known. Cool. Fantastic. Uh, I love that. And that's a very deeply affecting thing to me. So at the end of this movie, when for the majority of the movie, they're looking back at Earth as it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The very end of this movie, they're looking forward and they see a pale red dot. And I thought that was very significant. That was why they ended this movie the way they did. And so I can appreciate that. At the same time... (laughs) This is two-thirds of a movie. <laughs> uh, so I appreciate it, but overall, I'm not giving it any home run status. Uh, what about you? What did you think of it? I really liked it. Uh, I I went in not thinking much. Uh, that I'm like, ah, it's a movie I'll watch with the wife and fine. But I quite liked it. Uh, I was My expectations were so low that by the end of the movie, I'm like, that was... I, I don't like the way it ended, but... Uh, my honestly, the biggest complaint was, why are you not tethered? Like, and, yeah, like that would never, ever, ever. That's like that, there's your MacGuffin. That's like, oh, we have to do this in order for shit to go wrong. Like, okay, well, come up with something else because that's lame. Like, that's that is a glaring plot hole right there. No one yeah. would ever do that. But uh, the special effects were great. The acting was great. I liked that there was no real villain in the movie. I thought that that was. Good. I liked everybody. I wanted everybody to, you know, to get out of this. Although I will say they they painted the the stowaway guy in a very good light, but I couldn't help but think, you know, if your ass wouldn't be on this ship, everybody would be fine. This nothing, none of this would have happened. And however, they they did a good job of making him. They very much humanized him and the whole cast. And I like that they all go through kind of different like shit, how are we going to get out of this? And like, this sucks and kick him out. You know, he, he needs to go. I think that anybody in that situation would probably think that like, he shouldn't be here. So why should one of us die? Because he should not be here. Um, yeah. And I, but I also was like, I had to think of that scene in Apollo 13 where the guy comes in and dumps all this shit on the table and he's like, this is what they got to work with. We need to make this square thing going to a, this round hole or whatever. Like The thing that was broken was looked like circuit boardy. You can't take one of the wires from the lights and repair a wire here and there. Or I know. Transit. Like, that thing was huge. Uh, you can't s- steal a couple transistors from something to make that thing work again. I, I just felt like maybe we could have found a way to make that work without yeah. immediately destroying all of that guy's plant research. They're like, just go for it. Just do it yeah. all. Like, and why, then, why yeah. don't we do like a third of it and yeah, see how that works out? All wiped out. All no, wiped. Just do it all. <laughs> that also did not seem very scientific. 
Yeah, well, it is what it is. Uh, okay, a blade in the dark. We're we're t- the roulette's gonna take forever. That was Alex Winter's fault. I know, I know. Yeah, we got to keep rolling here. Uh, Blade in the Dark, uh, 1983, hour and 48 minutes, directed by Lamberto Bava. Killer stalks a composer staying in a posh Tuscany uh, villa while writing the score to a horror film, which has an incriminating clue to the killer's identity. And uh, I quite like this movie. Uh, it's silly. And, uh, it's almost like it, it's trying to be a early seventies Dario Argento Giallo or even his, uh, Lombardo Bava's own father, uh, Mario Bava. It feels like it's trying to be an, a seventies Giallo, but with eighties style and set in literally one location pretty much. But I quite liked it. Uh, the acting is silly, but I like that. Uh, the, what really surprised me about this was how incredibly violent this thing is. Like, I'm used to the black glove killer slasher stuff, but man, there's a couple scenes where I'm like, they really, they really slash. Like, they're really slashing. Great special effects. Good score. Uh, I mean, if you are a fan of this type of thing, uh, Tenebrae, I guess, would be the closest thing that I could... Th- Tenebrae is definitely better than this. Uh, but it reminds me... Like, that's early 80s Italian Giallo. And this is early 80s Italian Giallo. That's like... This is the closest thing I could compare it to. But it's still... It's not near that good. Um, if they would... If they would redo something like this today, one, they would have no nudity. Which, fine, whatever. But uh, it would be awful. And it would be a Netflix shot on... Shot on video and be lame and not good. Uh, but here, even at an hour and 48 minutes, which I'm like, that is really long. No, moved by quick. Uh, the killer reveal was laughable and kind of cool. And, uh, actually the, well, no, I don't want to, I don't want to say too much. Uh, but fans of Italian cinema will know who that killer is, like who the actual actor is. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I liked it. I'm not sure where you would fall on it. I mean, it's, once you've seen one of these, you've kind of seen them all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I but feel like. yet another good pick by me, though. Oh, oh, I mean, you selected one of three good ones. And I, next, I, next up on, uh, on the roulette, uh, we got. I really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eugene, for picking it. And I appreciate that, that you chose it. I'm very glad that I'm excited that I was the one that that found this gem. So thank you, Eugene. Uh, next <laughs> up, uh, we got Torpedo. Well, on IMDb it says Torpedo. The poster says Torpedo U-235. And on Amazon Prime it just says Torpedo 235. So take your pick. Uh, during the height of World War II, Commander Stan and a cu- uh, courageous group of resistance fighters are given a suicide mission to deliver a stolen Nazi submarine filled with atomic uranium. Ba 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 Submarine movie. Next up, Land- uh, that's Amazon Prime. Land of Doom, on- also on Amazon Prime. This totally looks like uh, one of your niche titles. Earth has been ravaged by a nuclear war, and a feminist warrior is forced to join up with a soldier of fortune in her journey to find a rumored paradise as they battle gangs of rampaging bandits. That's got Eugene written all over it. 
And lastly is Kin. Chased by a vengeful criminal, the feds and a gang of otherworldly soldiers, an ex-con and his adopted teenage brother go on the run with a weapon of mysterious origin as their only protection. Very sci-fi looking movie from 2018. But look good. That's on Hoopla. Okay. Over to you. And on my end, uh, first up, we have What Lies Bill... Yeah, I just got done saying shitty Netflix movie. So here might be a shitty Netflix movie called What Lies Below. Um, hold on, let me look this up right now. Right now, like just describe three movies. You could have been looking that up. But... I know, but I was so focused on... Whatever three movies you were talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever three movies. You were, um, you were Facebooking, weren't you? Yeah. Um, uh, multitasking is what... Um, uh, what you can't do. Because if you did, you'd be involved in the show. But go on. <laughs> I'm Well, I'm now fully focused. Well, a bit focused. <laughs> Mina Savari is in this. So she's the she's the get. Um, oh, boy. Uh, of What Lies Below? Yeah. Uh, hour and 27 minutes long. She's forced down the list. Well, she's the get. Yeah, she's mm. the... Uh, 16-year-old girl eesh, returns home from camp. Eesh, no, no, you only lo- pick wonderful gems. Well, we'll see. And learns from her mother that her mother has a new boyfriend, one she intends to marry, a man whose charm, intelligence, and beauty make him look like he's not human at all. I bet that's good. Uh, <laughs> um... Maybe we'll find out. Uh, uh, next up is Dead House Dark. This is a it's a sh- anthology show, but all six episodes are like fifteen minutes long. It's on Shutter, and some figure ah, those all equal out to about an hour and a half. Uh, a series of six short horror stories anchored by a woman who receives a mystery box from the dark web and then discovers the sinister secret it holds. That sounds just wonderful. And la- and lastly, the ba- the banishing, I mean, this an Amish great. tale. Yeah, um, English people have been shunned from rural Amish country. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Oh, <huh? laughs> uh, the banishing tells the story of the most haunted house in England in the 1930s. A young reverend, his wife, and daughter move into a manor with a horrifying secret. Man, that sounds wonderful! Wonderful. I- Woo, that's on Shudder. I mean, uh, good luck with that. I, th- I mean, You good luck with that. I ain't watching it. Three 2020 horror movies. And one is a web series. Yeah. That you think sounds wonderful. Oh, it sounds... Sounds like the best lasagna you'll ever eat. Okay, we're doing this diplomatically. Lies below. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> you said it sounds wonderful. The dice have spoken. The I mean, die. that would be the that would be the least. Okay, then no, no. fuck you. I, the <laughs> die spoke. I. You said it sounded wonderful. It did. It did. Mia Savari. She's a she's a pretty big get, isn't she? I think. I, she... I don't know. Is it nineteen ninety nine? Or yeah. is it what lies below? Yeah, aka American Pie Part Fifty. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, for you, um, oh boy, not really interested in any of. Them. 
Oh, like, like I am interested. How are, you, how are you not interested in Land of Doom? That totally would be a Blu-ray on your shelf. Yeah, I would. Land of Doom. Let me look that up here. Oh my god! Now he's looking it up. Land of so Doom. So much multitasking. Yeah. Um, Torpedo. I mean, it's a, a submarine movie. Torpedo. Torpedo. Two three five. Yeah, I don't know what that. Uh, it's U two three five or something. There it is. There it is. Okay. Um. And Ken is like a direct to, uh, is it like a Netflix original sci-fi movie? Ken. Now he's looking them up. Like, oh my gosh. Ken. Oh, there it is. Let's see here. I don't really care if you're interested in them. From what you throw up, I'm not interested in any of those. I would, I would automatically veto those because they're all 2020 shutter ghost ghosty things oh i i tell you you uh you're <laughs> which one would you have picked <laughs> you're missing out oh they're all going to be great i probably i would guess that the banishing would be the one that i would pick but ghost ghost shit no uh, that no no <laughs> Uh, oh, I, I don't know. Let's go with uh, the uh, submarine thing. All right. <laughs> and might be good. <laughs> well, you can bitch at the die for, for picking your movie, because that's who chose. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked What Lies Below either, but I would have picked The Banishing, but the die spoke. Who knows? It could be, I mean... No, 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 you know. There's no who knows. You know. (laughs) You said they're all wonderful. Could be back to firing on all cylinders. (laughs) She's got a class act there. 16... The thing that makes me nervous about that is 16-year-old girl returning... Yeah, that's when I'm out. As soon as I see that at the beginning of the description, I'm out. Immediately, I'm thinking pouty lips and... Well, and she's, and she's dealing with her mom's boyfriend. Yep, yep. Have, what do you mean? You picked, have <laughs> you fun picked with it. it. You, no, I mean, no, no, you picked it. You and the die have spoken. You can speak to the supernatural entities that control your fates or your poor decision making, whichever you decide. But I would rather, I would rather the die. If it comes down to it, we'll just, we'll blame it on the die or you. All right, all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll blame it on the die. All right, there you go. Next episode, it will be Torpedo U-235 or Torpedo or Torpedo 235, whatever the title is, up against What Lies Below. <laughs> At least <laughs> I name. saw the... I was like, What Lies Beneath? Is it going to be that? Is it a, is it a, a cheapo knockoff of that Harrison Ford movie? I have a feel... Yeah. yeah. Or he's going to turn out to be an alien or something. Yeah. We'll see. It... Uh, hold on. I got. Sorry, I got a text here. Oh, son of you! Got to be kidding me. Okay, so Alex just texted me, and his computer crashed, and his file audio file is completely corrupted. <laughs> Great. Great. Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, unbelievable. Well, um... What next? I just, uh... A ambulance just comes screaming through my wall. All right, well, uh, sorry, everybody. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, 
Trust us when we say it was a great interview. He's it was, a great uh, guy. Yeah, and all of three people got to hear it. And now my audio is acting weird. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restart my audio. It's doing its thing. Okay, I just started recording again. That seems to be okay. Finish up the roulette. Do the Alex Winter thing. Recently watched. Are you ready for recently watched, sir? I am. Okay, I'm going to start off with Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. No, Amazon Prime. Yep, I'm going to blame IMDb for that little audio snafu, because they always got to be running 15 ads on the side. Thanks a lot for that. (sighs) Damn, Eugene. Ah! Don't have to burp right on Mike, come on. That's what... That's what I like to do. Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. John Clark, a Navy SEAL, goes on a path to avenge his wife's murder, only to find himself inside of a larger conspiracy. And uh, yet another one that a lot of people online not liking. Outright hating. I thought it was fine. That's actually why, that's one of the reasons I didn't watch it. I was like, oh, this might be one for the wife. And I'm like, oh, everybody hates this thing. No. I enjoyed it. It was fine. I mean, sufficiently bloody here and there, and uh, an interesting story. Jamie Bell is good in it, and it's it's fun trying to figure out who everybody's playing. Like, they're saying different names that I recognize. Uh, like, wow, spoiler alert, I guess, IMDb, because they call him John Clark. He doesn't get that name until, like, the very end, when he changes his name. Throughout the movie, his name is John Kelly. If you remember, John Clark was the name of William Defoe's char- Willem Defoe's character in Clear and Present Danger as an operative for the CIA. Okay. So that's the character that Michael B. Jordan becomes, but throughout most of the movie, he's John Kelly. Uh, he's working alongside Karen Greer, who would be the daughter of Darth Vader, I guess. What's his name? He was the head of the CIA in, in the Harrison Ford movies. Then you have Jamie Bell is playing Robert Ritter. Robert Ritter was the really scummy white guy in uh, uh, Clear and Present Danger. Remember, he was trying to frame up Harrison Ford? Yeah. It was played by the same actor that was in Mission Impossible, which, did you watch Mission Impossible then? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Remember that guy that, these people are ghosts, they could be gone, you know. It was that actor was playing Robert Ritter. Oh, cool. Uh, Guy Pierce is in here. Uh, A loaded cast, really. I enjoyed it. I don't know what everybody's freaking out about. Is it the best Tom Clancy movie? No. Is it better than that Chris Pine Tom Clancy movie? By a Has mile. To be, yeah. By Has a mile. That movie was so boring, I almost turned it off. Uh, this was way better than that. It's definitely worth a watch. for for If your wife is into the Tom Clancy stuff, I think you'll be all right. It, it does get a little heavy, a little bloody here and there. Uh, and, and there's a good quarter of the movie there where there it, it's like a almost home invasion-y kind of thing. But it, it, and that's where I started to feel like, uh, this is a COVID thing where we got a five people trapped in a house. <laughs> uh, but it, they got out of it and it moved along and it, I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I don't know how to feel about Robert Ritter being turned into an okay character because I so despised him in clear and present danger. And I've watched that movie so many times. He's such a scumbag. But I guess this would be way before that, because he's so young, but at the same time, it's 2021. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, John Kelly, or John Clark being black, who gives a shit? That that doesn't make a difference. 
But also, you know, and then in Clear and Present Danger, it was Robert Ritter that hung him out to dry. I I don't know. It, it's back. I'm back and forth on on some of the history of this series. I don't know how that all works out exactly. I don't know where this movie is supposed to actually fall because it's set in present day. But overall, yeah. if you just throw that kind of stuff to the wind and just go with it, very. I, it was an enjoyable film. I don't think you would have. I think you would enjoy it. As much as I did. It's it's not like some super home run or anything, but it's totally worth a watch. Uh, over to that's you. To, that's, I, seriously, I was like, I was ready to hit play on that thing. And actually, I then, and I think, and then instead we're like, oh, let's just watch Mission Impossible. That was when this, this oh. that was this weekend. And we're like, you know, I want to watch something that I know, the kids aren't around and we can actually get a whole movie in. Yeah. Like, let's watch something that we know is going to be good. And we're going to go through the Mission Impossible movies. I'm like, Let's just do that. Well, in, but, in that regard, you made the right choice. This doesn't hold a candle to any of the Mission Impossible movies. I figured. Yeah. But, Maybe part part two? It's got to be better than part two. I don't know, but because part two, part two has a kitsch thing to it. That, you know, where it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. It's so cheesy that it's entertaining. It's so stupid that you laugh and it's, and you still have a good time. Yeah. So like, this is a serious movie. That is a joke. Mission Impossible 2 is a joke. Yeah. This this is a serious ass movie. They they ain't fucking around in this movie. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, yeah, you should. You should. I, do, yeah. I I don't think you'll be disappointed. But don't but be it, expecting a fucking Mission Impossible yeah. movie. Okay. Uh, anyway, over to you. Um, uh you better be reviewing one thing right up here up front. Oh, we're talking Mortal Kombat right off the bat. <laughs> That's right. Um I don't know what your final score was on that thing, but um, well, before you start, because I haven't talked to you too much yeah. about it. Uh, uh, by the way, I rewatched it on Sunday with the wife. So I've seen it twice now. Uh, I'm going to go filmmaking level six and a half. I'm going to go enjoyment level eight. That's okay. That's very reasonable. I, across the board, just gave it four out of five. That's I right in the was, middle of me. Yeah. I thought it was great. All five of us were like, yeah, and I, I like before the movie started, we're like, "Oh, here we go!" Like everybody was like, "Yeah, our expectations are pretty low for this thing." And right from the get go, I mean, it starts out so good, and I'm like, "Okay, well, now we're gonna, now we're gonna get into the slump." No, no, kept right on roll, steamrolling, like steamrolling to the end. There was almost no downtime, uh, and the general consensus was when credits rolled. That should have been long. It could have and should have been longer. I mean, it was the per- actually it was a great runtime because it left me wanting all of us wanting more. But it could have been longer, uh, and we were all sitting around puzzled, like, why don't people like this movie? And in fact, Steve he said that his brother did not like it. Stephen Maynard said their that their other brother did not like it, and so we like, why? What? Nah, he, whatever. Which is fine, but. I thought it was great. I actually liked the fact that, spoiler alert here, we didn't get a tournament in this movie. And I think yeah. that's great. Yeah, wasn't that odd? I thought that was cool that we still get the settings from the games. A lot of the characters, some of the characters I really wish would have been in there weren't, but they are teased at in the next installment. Like, excellent. Uh, but but we also I, got crazy characters that I never expected to oh, see on yeah. camera, like Cabal. I yep. never expected to see Cabal on film. And the, and the way he, cause the way he moves is so crazy. And if you know the game, it, he's a very, 
in my opinion, he's a very difficult character to play, but the people that take the time to learn his moves and learn how to play him, they're invincible. Like, he is so powerful. And they did him on screen, like, crazy yeah. awesome. That was, yeah. he was one of the best things. Yeah, this this is an actual video game series that I've, I know most of the characters. I mean, I've at one point or another played most of the games. So I, I, that's why I'm pretty attached to that, that series. I have been way since way back when, but I think that this one did it justice. It's gory, Liu Kang, Kung Lao. Oh, the characters were great. I don't have many complaints. Uh, I think that the, the show stealer in this was, um, oh, damn it. I Kano? Kano. He was, he was awesome. He was great as being a complete scumbag, but everything out of his, out of his mouth was hilarious, and yep. you liked him, like you know. And I'm like, "Come on, where's the laser beam eyeball? Let's go. Where is it?" And then, bang! <laughs> great. I liked but, what they uh, did with Reptile too. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I the only guy that I did not know was uh, the guy with the hammer. I didn't know him. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm sure you probably have seen a lot of the bitching was they had, they didn't have to introduce a new character. Cole. Cole. Like, yeah. Who's Who fine. And his, his bloodline or whatever. I'm like, it made sense. It's in the store. Like it's, that's part of the story in the movie. I'm like, no, that makes perfect sense. I'm fine with that. And maybe yeah. make another game in the future and have Cole in it. And they will. And, and yeah. the other, th- I, I, all of the bitching that I've read, I just don't understand. I, I really don't get it. Because this uh, universe, well, anything with a fighting game, it's gonna it's gonna be fluid. Because, like with Tekken, whoever wins the tournament w- with a, w- whatever character you're playing with, the story is different. So, it's just completely fluid. And most of the time, Sub Zero, well, in the last couple of movies, Sub Zero is kind of becomes a good guy, and Scorpion is always the bad guy. They swapped it around this time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they did. Who who gives a shit? I I don't care. But there yeah. apparently there is some MK lore out there where you got to adhere by this. It's like, what? <laughs> ridiculous. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And and I like that they changed up Scorpion and Sub-Zero's costumes just a little bit. So it wasn't like you could tell they were not trying to emulate the 95 Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah. And I like that. I like that their costumes were a little bit different. The moves were great. And like certain moves, I'm like, I want to see. I want to see Scorpion's face turn into a skull and breathe fire. I want to see Kung Lao's huge... Yeah, it's Kung Lao with the huge dragon. Fire uh, dragon. Uh, no, was that, that was uh, Liu Kang. Liu Kang. But the, yeah, and that was, was a that was an animality. Animality, right? Um, Finish him. You know, yes, yes. You could do fatalities, animalities, yes. friendships, and all that kind of stuff. That was an... I think that was meant to be an anim- animality. Oh, man, that was... I, I'm going to watch it again. I... Man, between this and... Uh, Kong versus Godzilla. I'm like, uh, totally worth the $30 for those two. And then all the little other things that I've been watching on HBO Max kind of filling in the cracks there. But that was a thumbs up. Like, actually, after that, I'm like, well, shit, Blood Sucking Bastards is next. And I really like Blood Sucking Bastards, but that's nowhere near as entertaining as this. And it we should have, in hindsight, we should have started with Blood Sucking Bastards. Which is a fine movie. It's funny, whatever. It moves at a good clip. It's kind of gory, whatever. But that was like that was definitely the the big movie of the night. But if so. you've read the reviews online, do you see what I was oh, talking yeah. about? Oh, like, I, yes. like clearly, I'm on some other planet. And I guess everybody hates. Um, oh, wow, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, 
Christopher Lambert's character in the 95 one. Oh, Raiden. Raiden. Why? Lord Raiden. I'm like, he was fine. What are you, are you expecting Christopher Lambert again in this thing? Or what? He was fine. He had the lightning and the cool eyes and he looked. And he whipped the shit. I love when oh. Kano's like back talking him and he just <laughs> blasts him into the ceiling. And then yeah. a little a minute later, he jumps up and he's like, uh, oh, sorry, what did I miss? <laughs> yeah. And this is, this is, I don't know, like video game, comic booky. It's, this is not high art here. It's not high art. But well, they're, yeah, they're, was, they're mad it's not Citizen Kane. Yeah, I guess. But it, never bored. All five of us were just, oh, I mean, hooting and hollering and laughing and. Oh, I, I had a blast with it. Even the second time around, I, my wife was like, this is obnoxious. I'm like, Mortal Kombat yeah. is obnoxious. Yes, it is. The games are obnoxious. <laughs> it's what it is. I I don't know. I I enjoyed it. And when I say that the internet hates it, or when we talk about reviews online, I think we should clarify that we're not necessarily talking about Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb and, and those kinds of well-known sites necessarily. Generally, when Eugene and I say those kinds of things, we're talking about the personal websites that we've been a part of for decades. Chat boards, Eugene, yep. Eugene has been on his Born. chat boards. I've been on separate chat boards where I know these people. I literally have known them for decades. Yeah. And that's, they're, they're more reviews that we trust more than uh, aggregate sites like Metacritic and, and Rotten Tomatoes and all that. And so when they come back and every single person hates it, I mean, they were saying, oh, the the other movies, the other Mortal Kombat movies are far superior to this piece of shit. They were saying that kind of stuff, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Have, have, uh, don't even get me started. I was just like, you guys are not, it, yeah. I saw a different movie. Then what, whatever you guys saw, I saw a different movie. And so that's why, that's when I start to actually get concerned. I, the RTs and IMDBs I don't care about as much, but when you're telling me you're having mandate with it, I'm like, you might want to rethink that. I might be insane. So, that was great. We were all, yeah. I could, I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I was like, I'll be shocked if he does, if they don't like this movie or if Eugene doesn't like this movie. Cause I mean, they managed to work in Kung Lao's fatality where he throws his hat down and turns it into a soul. My favorite part of the whole movie. That was Fantastic. <laughs> Just rips the thing to shit. Uh, uh, on second watch though, something I caught that I didn't quite catch before. I mean, I did catch it before, but I, it, uh, it stuck out a little more the second time. Is when he's at the end of the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight, or when uh, Shang Tsung shows up, uh, he's talking to Raiden, and he, he says something like, well, death is just a entry into another realm. And when he says that, his black smoke appears around all of his fallen uh -huh. fighters, like Goro and stuff. So I think we might possibly see them again. Well, yeah, and I was like, there's no way they're killing off Sub-Zero, that he's going to be in the first movie and that's it. No, 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 no. Well, they never even explain how he lived for centuries. That's true, yeah. No, that beginning. Oh, man, that was... And when the movie was done, as soon as the end credits started, I was like, I was the first one that spoke up. I'm like, that was awesome. And then just the unanimous, yeah. Oh, you guys was... weren't talking during it? <laughs> the all... No, uh -uh. we were just laughing at the funny parts and, yeah, a couple of the face fit. Bah, 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 bah. The other thing I thought was interesting too the, the second time around, uh, Cole and his wife uh, say fuck in front of their child an awful lot. I noticed that, <laughs> um, I, especially like when she's like about to kill the shit out of something, and the, the wife this. is like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "Whoa, she's just dropping the f bombs right in front of the the daughter there, huh?" I'm like, All right. Well, I, and then it was even in casual conversation when they're like packing up stuff, and she's like, "Mom, why do we gotta leave?" 
Uh, okay, dummy, well, a four-armed giant mutant guy just appeared out of nowhere and smashed your garage to bits. But the wife goes, well, we don't want to hang around and wait for another fucking crazy monster yeah. to show up. It's like, <laughs> are, you didn't really have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, let's earn the R rating. Let's yeah. earn that R. Yep. Uh, but I did, uh, another thing I picked up on second watch a little bit more than I did the first watch. It was, uh, in the beginning, they show Cole, and he's kind of a, uh, one of those fighters that gets beat on, like is, takes the punches. Yeah. You know, not, not yep. good at it, but takes the punches is that, cause he's bad at fighting. And then his, I don't even remember what they call it, Akama or Kuma or whatever, uh, his ability turns out to be that he has this suit and the more hits he takes, the more power he gains. I thought that was an interesting uh, yep. transition there. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, I was actually wondering what his what his certain power was going to be because he's a new character. But I liked it. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But cool. I'm really happy that you guys dug oh, it. And honestly, yeah. honestly, I thought you guys would dig it. Yeah. Uh, all joking aside from last week uh, when I was telling you not to watch, I really I was like, man, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a lunatic. But. But instead, uh, over on internet land, but Raiden disappears whenever the thing happens. He disappears because he can't get involved. I thought that was a big thing. Like, they were pissed off that Raiden... Well, he takes... did that in the first movie. Yeah, like, he, why aren't he, he didn't pissed fight. off? He was around. It wasn't around. Yeah, but he... Ta- oh, I'm like... Because I saw it, too. I'm like, it's Mortal Kombat, guys. It's... <laughs> Like, I... Oh, man, this is a bunch of people that were five when that game came out, and they are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, those of us who were, like, 15 when that game came out were like... And playing the shit out of it. It's a stupid fighting game. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kano doesn't have metal on his face! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you watched Mortal Kombat Part 2 Annihilation? Like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, speaking of that, I did see uh, when they were showing, like, there was a quick bit there where they're walking around the, the Raiden's palace or whatever, and there's uh, drawings on the wall. I did see Shao Kahn on there, who is the big bad above Shang Tsung. Okay, yep. Yeah, but oh, he yes. He didn't come around until the second game. Uh, that, But that was cool. And yeah. I thought Goro looked great. I thought he was he looked totally menacing. Great. And I actually like Goro in the 95 version as well, yeah. but way, like here, it was very intimidating. Yeah. And oh, he died wonderfully. <laughs> oh, yeah, but he may be back. Yeah. I like that he cut his arm off, though. Yeah. And every time that they did, even though it was CGI blood, even uh, in, the, in that beginning set piece, it, gory as hell. And uh, my, when I was uh, looking for something to watch with the wife, and she was. Uh, I want to watch something kind of just brainless, uh, some Marvel something mm-hmm. maybe, or some action. I was like, well, Mortal Kombat? And she was like, I, I don't know. What's it like? And I said, it's gory, but it's not gory in a way that I think will bother you. Like, it's usually bad guys that are getting it, and it's not, you know, all right, she goes. Uh, so I hit play and we watched that first scene, and gory is that first scene. Uh, and... So I was like, see, like that? And she's like, I'm totally fine with that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's a, she's like, I just don't want to see like babies being Game of Thrones chopped up and stuff. It's yeah. not that. I was like, honey, it's not that. It, it's this. She's like, I, this is totally fine. And yep. yeah, I think that was her final review. <laughs> Obnoxious. 
I would never, <laughs> never in a million years watch that though with my. <laughs> no, yeah. no, not yet. Even the 1990s ones, no. Just, yeah. That's not her thing. Mission Impossible. That's her jam right there. You know what? Go ahead and give us your Mission Impossible review. Okay. So I am going to go through the whole series. Why have you never told me to go through the whole series kind of consecutively? My <laughs> God, I have done so, so leading, many times. <laughs> leading up to Rogue Nation. <laughs> <laughs> so many, so many, many times. How many have you been through now? Uh, I am, well, we skipped part two. That's totally my, acceptable. You don't really, the only thing yeah. you need to take away from part two is that he knows how to climb rocks. Yeah. Which, uh, fine. And his hair is flowy. <laughs> Uh, but we're halfway through part three and it is great. I love part three, but the first one, man, I, that movie gets better with every single viewing. Mm-hmm. The action is like, obviously this is the lowest uh, on the action front with all of them. Uh, I think like big action set pieces other than the very end train th- scene, like all the other one. I'm not, I, I guess I can't speak for part two, but the I'm other not one, disagree- seem- I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just, uh, trying to recall. Yeah, you're probably right. But what it lacks in huge action set pieces, it makes up for just a great story, great acting. The uh, the break in at the the headquarters. Would you is, consider that an action set piece? I would consider that an yeah. action set piece because okay. that was so great. It's, and it's still been, it's still intense. Oh yeah, like watching it again. That's to me. That's the best part of the movie. And the helicopter scene in the end with Jean Reno was so good. It's so. It's great, but it's weird to watch Tom Cruise being that young. I've seen Top Gun a million times, but it's like it's different seeing him like, oh, yeah, this is almost Top Gun era. It's like right when he crossed into Scientology. That's the line. That's that's Mission Impossible. (laughs) Yeah. Got his round glasses on, looking all smart. and Oh, that's a good movie. Uh, I'm curious where I'm going to fall like once I watch all of them. Where where the first one will fall because I'm like I think before it was down pretty far, but I don't know, man. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree, it, and it's because of the uh, the writing and expert editing, the way that uh, well, I don't know that Brian De Palma edited it, but whoever he got to edit it with and whoever he was working with, they give you the clues. They give you these little little really sensitive clues like when uh genre is about to slash that firefighter's throat in the break oh, yeah and tom cruise pushes his arm up there and there's a just a just a hesitation on that knife so that you can see the distinction of the shape of the blade and everything and then it but it quickly moves on and then later it comes into play where you realize oh remember this knife shaped this way but when then you go back and watch it on repeat you can see that hesitation like, we showed you. We gave you the information. That is masterful filmmaking. Agreed. And actually, when uh, when Ethan Hunt and uh, Kitridge, is that his name? Kitridge? Yeah. Yep. When, they're, when they're in that little restaurant, I would almost consider that an action scene. Because it's so intense, the way it's filmed. Like, the camera angles on both Ethan Hunt and Kitridge are so action. Like, it... I don't know the way it's framed. I, I'm like, oh, this is tense. Like, I'm just waiting for something to happen, and then it does with the stick of gum and the, yeah, the big aquarium thing. But oh man, was that a good movie? Yep. And uh, even I, I, I mean, some might consider it a minor stunt, but even him running out of there while those things are exploding 
and running away from the water. That's no, that's no minor feat. Mm. That was a, that was a legit hazard. Uh, I thought that was sweet. And I, I'm assuming because it's Tom Cruise, he probably did it himself. I think that was kind of the beginning of him doing his own stunts like that. Yeah. Or that movie in, in general. I don't know. Part of me thinks, should I, I just, I know that it's going to be Mystery Science Theatering the whole way through part two, but I'm, I'd like to watch part two as well, but I am Watch it after you're done with all the rest of them. Okay. As a special feature. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, interesting side note, the bad guy in that movie, I can't remember his name. Uh, Oh, I mean, the main bad guy is... No, in Mission Impossible 2. Oh, oh, uh, um... Oh, man, I don't know. He was supposed to be Wolverine in X-Men in 2000. Oh. But he had to do reshoots on Mission Impossible 2, and so they emergency casted Hugh Jackman. No shit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's the story. (laughs) Doug Gray Scott? Yeah, Doug Gray Scott. Doug Gray Scott. Who I really enjoy as an actor, and he's a wonderful villain in that movie. He really is. In, in the just the general acting scenes, it's the action stuff where it, that movie gets really silly. Yeah, and and they uh, part of that I think is a score issue because they go too bombastic, too James Bond, dun, 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 you know, and he's yeah, like, yeah, I remember that, and, and it's like, oh god, come on, uh, <laughs> and slow motion and doves and <laughs> John Woo just got away from himself for a while. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but like, when was the last time you watched part three? Because part three, I think, is my favorite, but we'll see this time. See, that series is kind of like Fast and Furious. I go through them about every two years. Uh, So it's very fresh in my mind. I I know that movie very, very well. That action scene on the bridge is just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I think that, that shot where he throws the case and then runs after it and jumps and they shoot it from below is just bonkers. The, uh, and I think that Philip Seymour Hoffman of all the movies, I think that he's the best villain because he was so cold and evil and heartless in that movie. And just his acting was so good in part three. And it also helps that I think that that's my wife's favorite of the Mission Impossible movies. And I can tell when she's like, she's into this movie. As soon as it started, she's like, Oh, I like this one. She's like, this, I really like this one because the beginning starts out so good. I love how this movie starts out with just like shit is real. Immediately, someone is going to get killed. Yeah. But it's a fantastic film and I'm not taking anything away from it. And see, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is a fantastic villain, but he's also kind of playing. uh, How do I explain this? Because the villain that comes in five and six, I, I think is scarier. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is kind of like, uh, oh boy, I even hate to say this because they're both dead now. Uh, the Joker from The Dark Knight. Oh, Heath Ledger. He's kind of the Heath Ledger version of the Joker. Whereas the Joker in hmm. the five and six is more like Joaquin Phoenix, maybe? Interesting. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's not the right comparison. Maybe it's flipped. But it, it's like. There's a difference between I'm crazy and I am going to kill your entire family and I'm just going to do it because it's fun, funny to me. Yeah. Like there's a cold difference to that. And, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman, his performance set the stage for that kind of villain. Like he really defined a Mission Impossible villain. Like he was terrifying. 
absolutely terrifying. Yeah. They hung him out a fucking plane, and he laughed at them. Yeah, I know. He was... All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that dude's crazy. Like, a different level of crazy. But this other guy is a believer. He believes the shit that he's saying. Yeah. He's not just out for money like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Exactly. Just, yeah, I see that. He is dead eyes, complete dead eyes, where he just stares at you and does not care at all. And it's it's creepy. Uh, you'll see when you get to five and six, because five and six are basically uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2. You gotta and, really pay attention to every little plot detail. I think and, I've only watched five and six once each Oh, I've probably watched them both four times. <laughs> They're fantastic movies. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a series that my... Well, I don't want to say it gets better as it goes, because four, four is really good, but it's just not as memorable as the other ones. Is that Jeremy Renner? Is Jeremy yeah, Renner that's there? where he starts to come in, I think. Okay. Wait, is that the one with Burj Khalifa? Oh, I think. Because that's one of the best action set pieces in the whole series. That's the uh the tower the Yeah, the go- tower. Oh man, that's great. That thing Tom still Cruise makes doing, yeah. Oh, it still makes my butthole pucker. Yeah. I'm guessing the next mission impossible he probably goes to the moon or Mars or something. Yeah. Or- oh, he's already said he wants to make a movie in space and he's working on that. Like literally going to outer space. Oh, I said, would not surprise me at yeah. all. <laughs> but right now he's doing a double header with uh the guy that made 6 on a double header of Mission Impossible movies. Man, he is just Crunching them out. Well, I gotta get them done before Xanadu comes back, or whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's great that this series continues to chug along, and it is, it's still, like, top-tier, the best of James Bond-type movies. They, like, they are. It's amazing how they keep... Yeah. Well, again, I don't want to... My problem with 4 is the villain is fairly weak. I feel like in 4, they brought in some good... Is, is Simon Pegg in 3? He is in three. Yeah, okay. that's his first one. Well, he's definitely in four. Man, that Burj Khalifa scene is awesome. But <laughs> I feel like that was the one that ended in the car park that went up and down, and he was fighting oh, the guy. Oh, yes, I remember he, that. He's fighting the guy from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo who's no longer with us, rest in peace. Man, every villain in this uh, yeah. <laughs> is gone. <laughs> and I just didn't feel like it was a super strong villain in four. It was a really good movie. It was the guy yeah. that made The Incredibles, wasn't it? Yeah, Brad Bird. Yeah, there you go. But uh, then with five, we got a little more serious than that. And then in six, it even, oh my God, six is just. What, was five the one where it begins in Russia or in Soviet Union? Five is the one that begins with him hanging off the plane, I think. Is that in Russia? Okay. Isn't that uh, right? For, man, I, I think so. And he's a Russian agent or I don't know. Again, I, it's, I haven't seen the later ones that much. Well, uh, and you, you need to. It, it will be really good for you to, again, watch them in sequence, Eugene, and hurry up and watch them quick, because uh, there's a character in Six. Six is just like uh, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, because it's just homage to everything that's come before. The girl that he meets in Six is the daughter of the arms dealer Max in Part 1. Arms dealer Max in Part 1. Remember Max in Part You just watched Part 1. I know, yeah. The, the woman, arms dealer, oh, that they, yes, arre- yes, yes, that yes. they arrest oh. on the train. Oh, she was great. Part Well, in part six, it's uh, he's making deals with her children. Ah! The, why didn't I know that? Because you didn't watch him in order like I fucking told you to. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, they mentioned Max in there in, in part six. So when they're talking uh, about Max, that's the girl, uh, the, the woman arms dealer from part one. Ah, uh, I should have maybe watched all of, <laughs> all of those leading up to part six when I, because uh, Rogue Nation was kind of down the list a bit for without well, wait. Rogue uh, Nation so, is that four? Or the, the, whatever the last one, Fallout. I hate subtitles. I fucking I hate subtitles. Just, one, two, I'm, three, four, five, six. I'm from six. the eighties. Can we just? Back to the Future 2, Back to the Future 3. Yeah. If you want to put a subtitle on it after that, God help you. But at yeah. least we know which one you're fucking talking about. Hmm. But yeah, part part 6 or Imagine whatever. if all of the Friday the 13th were just subtitles. Yeah. Just Jason Lives, New Blood, Jason Takes Manhattan, 3D. Wh- which one? Where's it go? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But they all have numbers. Yeah, that's right. That's right, bitches. Oh, by the way. Uh, I was talking, uh, we're going to do a little derail, then we're going to coming soon to wrap up. I know I only re- reviewed one thing. I've got more to review, but it, it can wait because this was more fun. Yeah. Uh, so in where we're going and you're going to, this is probably going to piss you off. Just FYI. Uh, we were talking with my neighbor last night. Oh, where are you guys going on vacation? Da, 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 da. Oh, we're going here. <gasps> oh my God. I have a whole Pinterest of vacation spots up there and things to do up there. All right. Send it to us. What? Cause we're looking for things to do. Well, it just so happens that near where you're going, there's a camp crystal Lake. Ah, and I can't get a boyfriend to go with me and spend the night and go. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, Oh, we're going <laughs> one day or another. We are going. We are not going to go spend the night. I was like, your boyfriend is right. Are you an insane, crazy person? No, I'm not spending the night there. My ass will be there at like nine o'clock in the morning to get a picture with the sign to send to my friend Eugene. And then we're leaving as fast as possible. (laughs) And she says, no, I want to go there and spend the night on a canoe on the lake. And I was like, good luck with that. I'm not doing that. No. Uh, so is that it the is, original, like the location? I I don't think so because wasn't that like in Indiana or Illinois? I, or something? I thought it was in Indiana. Yeah, it's not. It's I didn't think it was up there, but I don't care if there's a uh, uh, if there's a lake called Crystal Lake. That means there's going to probably be a sign, and if there's a sign, I'm going to get my picture taken yeah. with it. <laughs> uh, just because I thought that would chap your ass. <laughs> oh yes, it would. Yes, it would. It's kind of like uh, going to the Shining Hotel and like going to the actual original Crystal Lake. Like, I would love to do these these things, but not. It's just not. No. Yeah, not for the. I mean, the Shining Hotel is out in. That's out west, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's a commitment. That is a commitment, especially like I'm not a skier, and I'm. I don't know. There's not a whole lot to do around there. Well, I'm not gonna stay there. Yeah. Are you going to stay there? No. Yeah. But, oh, I would stay at the, at the Shining Hotel. Hell yeah. Heck yeah, I would. But what, I don't know. What would I do? Oh, here comes my wife. I got to close the door. <laughs> because he might say one of his two bad words for the day. And he's wearing a Mickey Mouse coat. It's it's not only a Mickey Mouse coat. It's the Mickey Mouse coat from Back to the Future 1, where it's uh, or the, the shirt with that design of Mickey Mouse. Where it's vanishing. So like when his brother vanishes, then he's going to vanish. Huh? Oh, I was talking about your Mickey Mouse design on your coat. Oh, what about it? Oh, it's, it's awesome. the same, same design as Back to the Future shirt. 
What do you mean, uh? Again, uh. you're discounting my argument with a grunt. <laughs> Maybe. In the photograph that Marty McFly has where his siblings are disappearing, his brother is wearing a Mickey Mouse shirt, and it's that design. Oh. I don't know. I gotta fill time. I'm the glue that holds this ship together. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, no, nothing. Nothing. All right. So you would stay overnight at the Shining Hotel. Oh you? yes, and, definitely. And Camp Chris, not no hesitation about that. Well, there's two Shining Hotels. There's the one that that King got the uh, his idea for the book, and then there's the Timberline Lodge, and that's the, the Stanley Kubrick exterior shots place. That's where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's in the middle of the mountains and it's, I hope you like skiing because that's what you're going to do there. And I'm like, and it is, it is insanely expensive to go there. I'm like, just to, I don't know. It's a bucket list thing. Even just to same here, same here. But I, what I would do is, uh, book a flight into the nearest city, sit a place that I can get there, rent a car, drive up there. They can't just kick you out of the parking lot. Exactly. I, I, I just go there, view the lobby, take a bunch of pictures, and leave. Just not yeah. even stay. Yeah. But the I wouldn't. Place... I wouldn't. Even if I could afford it, I wouldn't stay there overnight. I wouldn't do that. You're you're tempting fate. You're tempting <laughs> a grave encounters situation where then you cannot leave. Yeah. And that is my absolute worst nightmare. Hell, <laughs> is that I'm trapped there. And same with Crystal Lake. Nothing bad happens at Crystal Lake during the day. It's the only nighttime. bad thing that happened during the day was Jason died. Everything else happens at night. So as long as I'm there at like, you know, 10 o'clock and then fuck off, I, I should be good, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm playing with the Hellraiser box. Yeah, you're, yeah, that's, you're tempting fate right there. Uh, okay, coming soon. Coming soon for me, I got reviews of Backstreet Justice, Tiger Claws. Waterworld. Hmm. Rewatch that one. And I'm going to be watching a bunch of... I'm hoping to get a bunch of my DVDs off my shelf while I'm on vacation. And I'm hoping to... Well, I'm just diving on a bunch of Amazon Prime garbage. HBO Max has a few things that I want to get watched. They have um, Tenant now. So I saw that, yep. Um, so you going to give that one a rewatch? Yeah, I think so. As long as we're holding on to HBO Max, I might as well. Maybe actually watch it in something above 720p. Maybe that'll yeah. make it make more sense, right? <sighs> I know that I'm not sure when yours expires or if you're gonna just kind of keep letting this ride. But that new Angelina Jolie movie comes out in a couple of weeks, and I, that's one that oh, the Run Hide or something. Yeah, something like that. I'm, I'm I'll check that one there out. Uh, and then of course our the second month it ends right before conjuring part whatever it is comes out and like ah that's one i would have liked to watch on there but for me it's up to the wife uh, how yeah every month I, I have it on my calendar well it's time to get rid of hbo max do you want to cancel it she's like <laughs> we're still not done with impractical jokers I'm like it's up to you okay <laughs> all right here we go <laughs> another month but hey that's a fan you should be watching that with the wife hey if you get your wife started on that, you'll be able to keep HBO Max. That's true, because it, it was dragging feet, like, even the second month. Because I was like, oh, the guys are coming over from Mortal Kombat. And I'm like, ah, you're, but it's, I'm like, it's just one more month. I, one more. I'm, I'm telling you, get her started on that, and you'll enjoy it as well. I totally enjoy it. It's still fantastic. We're, like, in season five or six, and it's, we watch three, four episodes a night. It's, it's still hilarious. 
And we end the night usually with Seinfeld. Yeah. Eugene, I don't know. TV shows are too long. I can't watch this. This is 10 hours. Oh, my God. Seinfeld, 157 hours. That's what we're watching. Kramer sliding in. Anything else coming soon for you? Snake and Crane's art, Snake and Crane Arts of Shaolin. Oh, did I was gonna say, did get around to any of those YouTubes of the ones I'm That's gonna happen probably later this week. I want to watch Snake and Crane, and then I want to watch whatever the one that you said to watch on YouTube. Uh, they call me Fat Dragon and Hell's Wind Staff. Yeah, Fat Dragon. Uh, and then I want to watch Drunken Master, which I've never seen the original Drunken Master, and then, of course, the classic Drunken Master 2. Uh, Drunken, the original Drunken Master, do not expect Drunken Master 2. Okay, It, it, it is very old school, and, uh, I've been watching bits of it, it's on Pluto TV right now. Uh, I've been watching bits of it, and I own it. It's, it's, it's nothing like the sequel. It's very much an old school Kung Fu foolery. Okay. But man, there's a bunch of Jackie Chan, like the old school, like, I don't know. I got into Jackie Chan when it was, he was making American movies and he was kind of waka waka. So I never really got into the old school Jackie Chan stuff. And now I'm like, you know, I should probably get into some of those older, cause he, that was probably when he was in his prime. Back in the I, I think the '90s was when he's in his prime, and I've been rewatching some of those movies, uh, like, like Rumble in the Bronx and Rumble in the Bronx. Uh, what was the one I was watching? Uh, Condor, Operation okay. Condor one yep. and two are fantastic. They're they're so good, and and so many of those stunts. I'm like, how did you even do that? Uh, just, what is the one A something A Project Project A one and yeah. two? Those are both with Samo Hung. That's who I was talking to you about. Oh, with. yeah, yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there, there was a Super Cop in there, too. I watched, I watched Super Cop 2 the other day with Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, oh, yeah. I saw that in the theater. Oh, wait a minute. Or was that the original Super Cop? I think the Whatever was, the one was, I saw that It one. was the original Super Cop. I, I watched that the other day. That was on my list. Good-ass shit. They've been showing a lot of Jackie Chan stuff on Pluto, so I've just been burning through it. Uh, mostly 90s stuff. But I do want to watch Rumble in the Bronx again. I think it comes from our 90s action top 10. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's time to watch these Jackie Chan movies. But I think, like, Rumble in the Bronx and Super Cop and, uh, uh, oh, man, that one movie, I it almost made my top 10. Uh, Who Am I was the name of it. I've never but, seen that. Most of that movie is jokey and, hi, right, it's fine. But there is a scene on top of a, like, seven-story building where he fights a Taekwondo guy and a Bruce Lee type guy at the same time. And it's one of the greatest fights that have ever been committed to cinema ever, ever. It's, it's incredible. The guy, the, the Taekwondo guy has to be like six, five and he does a split standing up. Ah, yeah. He's standing up and does a perfect vertical split. And that, that fight is just bonkers. You would love it. The movie cool. itself, though, has a lot of goofy comedy. Well, and same with the two movies that I recommended to you. 50% of them, 50% of those movies are shit. It's just, once you get to the actual, like, training and then the final fight, it's uh-huh. awesome. It's so good. Yeah, I can just tell I, I've got a kung fu kick coming on. I, I'm like, ah, I'm kind of wanting some old, and I want, like, older, like, 
I could go with Rumble in the Bronx and some of those, but I'm like, I kind of want like those 70s fake mustache. <laughs> oh, then you're going to you're going to love They Call Me Fat Dragon. Yeah, that's probably next on my list, actually. The only problem with that is it is so hard to find a good transfer. You're, that, that YouTube transfer is probably better than what I, all I have is the VHS. And, and, mm. and it's dog shit bad. I don't and even know if there's a DVD or a Blu-ray of that movie. There's so many, uh, like those types of movies that it's almost like, they, I don't know if there's a market, there's enough of a market for Blu-ray releases of some of those old, lesser-known ones. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hell's Windstaff, I got that on a... I have that on VHS, but it was kind of a remaster uh, in the VHS tape that I have. And I had to pay, like, 20 bucks for that. And I had never seen it. That was a blind buy. And that was a Wu-Tang Clan release. The 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 Wu-Tang Clan, the rap group. Yeah. Released a whole series of VHS tapes of their favorite kung fu movies. And I think it's widescreen and it's subtitled, but I think it's subtitled with a color that blends into the background. So occasionally you can't even see what, whatever the hell they're saying, <laughs> but that was a better release than anything that ever had come before it. Yeah. But, oh, that movie. Holy crap. That Hell's Windstaff would make my top 10 of all time. Kung Fu, uh, Kung Fu movies. Uh, but, uh, but still 50% of it is poop jokes. They're going into the outhouse and falling into the poop pit. Ah. That's, what, that's what they have back then. They just have a, a shanty and in there is a giant hole that they all poop in. But then the guy pushes them in. Oh, I fell in the poop pit. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and it's not funny. <laughs> it's me. It's a, it's funny, but it's, you know, you're, you're there for the Kung Fu, not the, the comedy. Waka waka. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we got to wrap up. Okay, anything else for this episode? Uh, I don't think so. It, it'll be two weeks, though, huh? Well, maybe. Uh, most likely. Well, it depends. I don't know what's going to happen when I get back. I'm going to be just busy as hell. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, baseball! Uh, tonight! We'll, have fun! I'm mm-hmm. off tonight! Uh, as a matter of fact, by, oh, I'd say about three or four o'clock, I'm officially on vacation time. Bastard. It's all right. You can curse me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, oh, and uh, I, also coming soon, we'll try. Well, I guess we're going to try and get Samara Weaving on. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'll talk to her uncle. I, I think I got his number, or at least his agent's number, and see if I can't uh, pressure him into getting her on. Perfect. That, that sounded horrible. <laughs> That's what she said. I will definitely word it differently when I talk to Hugo. Yeah, good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll see you next time. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash Movie Freaks Pod on Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.